It is Wednesday. It's January 31. This is the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. A very good morning to you. If you are just tuning in, Australia will be facing South Korea in the quarterfinals of the Asian Cup after South Korea beat Saudi Arabia on penalties this morning, last night, our women's cricketers won and clinched the T20 series against South Africa with a five-wicket victory with four balls remaining. Uh, Beth Mooney, player of the match for her 82 off 55 deliveries. Ben Simmons is back flying in the NBA after, well, uh, nearly three months off uh, with a back injury. 10 points, 11 assists, eight rebounds for Brooklyn yesterday. The Allen Border medals on tonight. Uh, Clarkie's won four of those and... Uh, the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend medalist, Dean Bulldog Richie's in the house. How are you, Bulldog? Yeah, good morning, Mido, Clarky, Laurie. Morning, Bulldog. Belated Happy New Year to all. Hope we had a good Christmas New Year. Likewise, Mido, mate. So, you mate. had a good holiday? I had a, yeah, not a healthy holiday. In fact, I saw you at the airport after, I think, just got back from Magic Millions. Correct. Yeah. It was one of those days, too. I was like, gee, I don't know if I can get a sentence out and run straight into you. But it was You're good doing to see sign you, language when I saw yeah, you. Yeah, pretty much. Something did it like properly. that. Did it properly. Yeah, we did. Hunted out the cricket with uh, the great L Daly. Yeah. <laughs> well, however, that day, <laughs> he was incredibly boring. Did not touch a drop. Okay. Because the previous day. Because the previous day. Why'd you go day two? Yeah. I, dro- I did a no, that job was day on three. Was day three, was it? Oh, right. Because yeah. I saw you day one. Yeah. Yeah, that was... I was recovering. T work. There were oh, worse, I was There were far worse in your group, though. Oh, well, we just have a great time. We didn't nah. watch much cricket. Day three, I actually watched the cricket. And it, I'll see tell you what, what happened. Like? <laughs> How dare you? Well, I could see the ball. <laughs> that was the start. But you faced the right direction. I'll tell you what, it, some of our group left, didn't they? They left early. And we stayed till the end, and it was the most entertaining part of the day. Because it's when Hazel went through them late, picked oh, yeah. up four or five late wickets, so yeah. we got to see them all. I didn't it see was. much of it yeah. by then, though, Loss. Well, no, Dean. Dean. I've never seen Dean drink as much. They really? were free. It was a race. Mate, a race, all right. I've never they seen were free. Why am I not surprised? Oh, <laughs> what do you mean? He's in the toilet all the time. Mate, one drink. Keep that between you two, please. <laughs> the last thing you need for your rep, oh, Bulldog. Mate. Laurie's got an in-joke about mine. <laughs> Habits, <laughs> which I think we might leave as an in-joke, Laurie. Yeah. No, we enjoyed the cricket, didn't we? It was we? a good day. No, yeah, I loved the cricket. Good day. <laughs> it was a good day. I love, we were, we were crowd spot, like trying to spot people in the crowd and have a bit of a laugh. Who'd you spot? How'd oh, you no, we just like the bloke that just gets up and tries to wind the crowd up, you know. Mm. He's had Shirt a bit, off. Yeah. Yeah. Necking schooners. Yeah. They're never, never athletic sort of looking <laughs> either, are they? <laughs> Imagine the next day. Oh, <laughs> he'd be crook, he'd have sunstroke. He's in the sun. Yeah. He was burnt. Oh. Oh, dear. No, nothing better today at the SCG. Clarky, you know yeah. that better than anybody. Oh, I love it, mate. Great, uh, my favourite ground. Um, yeah, and it's a great place to watch as well. That's the other thing. Um, it, you can you can do it one or two ways. You can do it day three, how Loz did it, or you can do it day one, where you stand at the bar and there's enough TVs around the members. Were you in the members? Yeah, yeah. There's enough but TVs around the members. Funny, you, you, you get a good feel. You, of what you that say to yourself like. every year, why, why do I go to the cricket and I watch it on TV? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's the atmosphere. <laughs> and it doesn't make there. sense, does nah. it? Feel like going to the footy. And watching it on TV, like, well, it's yeah. not the same. We went to the races in Melbourne on a little sojourn with my mate, Big yeah. Louis Savanovic. And we are at Flemington, and there was a group of ten of us, and we're all positioned to watch the big screens. Yeah. <laughs> the races were on 100 <laughs> metres behind us. Yeah, Someone at one funny. point said, why don't we just turn around? <laughs> well, no, we no, it was da- Derby on. Day, that was me. I think I watched one race. 
but there's there's other entertainment there, Bulldog, and the SCGs. That's that's one hell of a nightclub as well. Let me tell you. So you can understand. Sometimes you just go for yeah. other activities. People watching, they say. Yeah, yeah. Bit of mingling. That we did. Well, Bulldog mingled. Bulldog made his way across to the. Did you end up getting? To the, is it the long bar? Yeah, got in the long bar. You got in the long upstairs, bar. end up at the rocks. Well, he, was, he was worried about because he had shorts on. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he was worried about whether you could get in with shorts. Yeah, no. Nah. She took one look at my legs and she said, In you go, son. In you go. You're welcome. Look at that. Oh, What's happening in the footy things. world? Oh, oh, plenty, Clarkie. Did I read something the other day where, you, where you're pretty much telling us that every single rugby league player in the NRL has been on their best behaviour? There's been no trouble this offseason. There has not been one. Piece what? of trouble. The, maybe that you've maybe that you've written about, but I find that very well, we hard don't know. to believe. I don't know. No one's told the media, and no one's put anything on social media. Hmm. Well played, in summer, boys. Well played. Three years ago, in summer, there were twenty-four atrocities. Were you looking so hard? Were you looking well, What do you call though? atrocities? Oh, any any misbehaviour yeah. with the police or the NRL are involved, or it ends up in front of integrity. Why are you looking after them more? This, no, this I wasn't looking after anybody, Clarky. I was on holidays, to be NRL fair. NRL paying you, boys? No, no, no. <laughs> sure? No, 100%. It seems a but little strange. You go from 24 to zero. Well, maybe the pennies finally drop for the knuckleheads. Do you think so? Well, I hope so. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe the game's finally grown up. <laughs> We're athletes. So you were nothing. We're hey, always in don't, trouble. Don't start having a crack I'm at our listen, sport. Uh, no, what about no, I'll, what about no, I'll never do that. Well, yeah, don't yeah, exactly. listen, or during the season. Listen, I'm definitely, as you know, not one to judge with misdemeanours. So all sports yeah. are the same. That's what I'm saying. We've gone from a lot three years ago to zero this year. Yeah. I find that... Interesting. Maybe the threat of deregistration, maybe the penny has finally dropped, yeah, Clarkie. Yeah. Maybe they've sort of said, you know what, we can't do this anymore. And there's no suggestion that we will be atrocity-free for the rest of our existence. It's yeah. a ridiculous notion. And since that story's been written, it's probably like a ticking time bomb. It'll be within hours, not days. But there's no doubt over the 120 days when they're unrestrained, they're outside the disciplined perimeters of their clubs, Unreal. on face value... Unreal. They behaved. Yeah, look, you know, there are others who had quite off seasons as well. We're all we're all yeah. allowed to learn, aren't we, Bulldog? Mm. We're all allowed to, allowed to learn. So good on them. I'm proud of your boys, Lawrence, yeah. your NRL boys. I'm proud of them. Yeah, we're good. We're learning. Mm. You know, the it's focus since is 1908. But no, good on them if they're behaved yeah. and they've been told what the consequences are. Yeah. And they know that they'll be deregistered or they'll be fined or they'll be suspended. There's no doubt they've been out and about having beers and enjoying themselves. But, and, but can I be honest? Whether they have behaved or not, whether there has been some things that uh, have happened or not, I, I love the fact it hasn't been written about. So uh, to me, I don't think none of us are perfect. Um, and a lot of these guys are young and are Growing up in the you know, in the spotlight, but it's been nice that we haven't. It hasn't been the focus of the Australian summer that we're reading articles where individual players are getting hammered for for misdemeanors. misdemeanors. So that that has been nice. You think too, Clarky? If someone has played up, there's 23 cameras on them at every it's night, so we didn't even see any vision or any video from someone's phone about yeah. a player, yeah, it's, yeah, mucking up. So yeah. look, good luck to them. The big test will be Vegas. It looms. 
But as I wrote in my column, I think the NRL no, they'll be is... sweet in Vegas. <laughs> you know what? I reckon they will be. Lost. They will be. I think they'll be under that How much do you pressure. Laugh at? They will. I think they will be. No media over there, or no mobile phones no, don't work no, over no. there. But mate, oh, I'd be surprised. Best I'd be surprised. They've got don't... security game with yeah. them everywhere they go, Clarky. Yeah. Mm. So. I don't think they need some half-wit to misbehave when we're taking our sport, we're selling it to a foreign giant yeah. land to end up in a jail cell. I just don't <laughs> I, think it'll happen. I, I, no, I'm the same I just don't think it'll happen. Uh, just uh, back to Not that I'm guys. shaking by saying <laughs> I'm saying it. You guys at the cricket, boys, a few years ago, about 10 of us went to Kembla. We all got plastic chairs, made a circle out the back where the bookies were, <laughs> sunk cans, punted all day, didn't see a horse in the flesh. Great yeah. times. Good on you, Mitch. Why do we do that? Uh, Why do we do stuff like that? It's the atmosphere. Correct. Uh, Shane yeah. asks, how many pens did Bulldog go through at the cricket signing autographs? Only a couple. Yeah. Laurie was the... Uh, the hero I was next to him. It's always hard to get an, an accolade when you're next to the king. Just on Vegas as well. You wrote a story, well, a month out. And I do see, by the way, all indications are that those players with any potential visa issues uh, will be sweet to enter the US. But uh, the bunker, you wrote a story about the bunker as well. Tell us what that was yeah, all about. Yeah, I think those tests are going to be today, actually. Uh, you know, the NRL have uh, assigned three companies, uh, NEP... Uh, Hawkeye and Telstra, high-tech companies, to conduct tests between Vegas and Sydney to just work out and verify the capabilities of the bunker. Mm. Clearly, they don't want any incidents. Mm. They want to operate the bunker out of Sydney for those games. There is a plan B in place where I think there'd be like a very minuscule bunker at Allegiant Stadium if the first tests don't work out. But they're confident it'll work, but clearly... Again, we're in front of the, mm. a giant American audience. We don't need to stuff up with the bunker. No. So I think they're doing tests today well, they just to verify. Plan B there just in case anyway. Correct. Right? Yeah, no. Correct. So, um, yeah, look, I can see no issue with it. But if it breaks down, I mean, the officials, you just trust them to get the, the right call, I suspect. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the world we live in, Laurie, it shouldn't break down, should it? The world's so high tech these mm. days. We do go to New Zealand every week. It's not America, I get that. But we do go overseas with our technology. Mm. So the testing will be done. They're fairly confident it'll all be ticked off and cleared. And uh, away we go with another box ticked in terms of the great US experiment. And I'm not talking about you here, but the Bulldogs. What about what Gus has done there? Yeah, it's a story in today's paper and up online at the Telegraph uh, that I wrote. 2021, Loz, just three years ago. I went through that entire 30-man squad and there isn't a single player left. The last player standing was Raymond Fatala Mariner who left to go to the St. George of the War on that's Monday. That's happened before as quickly? I cannot I recall yeah. an entire 30-man roster being dismantled over just three years. It is extraordinary. It's brutal, but it's remarkable. It's necessary. And I think Gus has done the right thing. He's mm. come in there and thought, you know what? This plate, This place needs a total overhaul. And he's rolled his sleeves up and done it. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast. Steam Bulldog Richie back joining us in the studio as he'll do each and every Wednesday throughout 2024. Bulldog, Jason Taumalolo. Uh, big news at the Cowboys the other day in that uh, Todd Payton has moved the captaincy away from Taumalolo uh, and Tom Dearden and Reuben Cotter uh, to be co-captains. There, Chad Townsend was also a co-captain with Taumalolo. Six years into his tenure, 
$10 million deal, so four years still to go. Can you envisage him seeing out that contract at the North Queensland Cowboys? Mido, I think it's becoming increasingly uh, obvious that there are some issues up there, whether they are minor or major, I don't know. But... Uh, as you said, he signed that deal for 10 years. It finishes in 2027. It's a million bucks a year. Todd Payton's taken the captaincy off him. So that would be an indication, too, that things aren't going swimmingly. He's only 31. As well. He's only 31. Uh, there was some criticism over his form last year. Uh, I've also been always been against those 10-year deals, yeah. Loz. I think mm. they're too long, and I think you lose a little bit of your hunger. So, look, certainly clubs like the, the Bulldogs and the Dragons could do with a a bit of grunt around the middle, Oz, and a, 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 a barnstorming player that Tal Malolo is. Uh, I think it will come down to whether rival clubs are interested in how much they would pay of that million bucks. If they could get up to $700,000, the Cowboys could chip in three hundred. I think there may be some deal. But look, there's no indication yet that they don't want him or they're trying to move him on. But I think it's a real watch-this-space situation. I think it's a watch on him because... He's such a dynamic player, and I didn't see that last year, but he had a number of leg issues. Now, I'm unsure of whether that, or they are long-term leg leg injuries, or it was just a, a mishap that just caused him to struggle last year, but he didn't seem to have the same power and speed that he's had in the past, which would then be a concern if you're a Cowboys player, oh, Cowboys club, because that's his strongest asset carrying the ball with that velocity, footwork, speed, digging into the line. But we didn't see that last year. So if that's an ongoing issue for him, then that's going to limit the impact that he'll have over the next four years. Do you think his hunger levels are still there? I think... Well, I, well, I can only go on what I see. I, I think he wanted to do it last year, but his body wouldn't allow him to do it. So... Uh, I think you've got to find out whether, if you're looking at signing him, whether that was a an ongoing issue that he's going to have, or it was just a one-off where he just struggled with his leg. What and does now this mean that he's for had the Cowboys season this year? Like, if we just look at this season, I don't. I think this is the last thing the Cowboys can afford in their preseason. To like, he's a senior player, yeah. leader of the group. If he's peed off in any way, well, you'll see. Well, we saw what happened two year. years ago, didn't we? And and there's already mm. been talk about. Him and Toddy Payton, the coach, not seeing eye to eye in regards to how how, how they're using him. Well, he is had he his starting? best year. Is he playing? Coming when, off the when, bench when they didn't see eye to eye, he had his one of his best years. Out of spite, you reckon? Well, I don't know why, but there was talk about him and Todd not getting on, and that's mm. when they went on that run. That's when they made the finals, and everyone was thinking, "Geez, there a chance of winning the comp here against against you, Penrith you, if they made it." So, I, I I think if 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 this is done because they want to get young leaders and they see better leadership in... Yeah, you can't question the two guys they've brought in in regards no, to no, leaders. No, 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 no. They, they've been stellar and they seem yeah. like the right characters to lead a team. M- most definitely. but And they might have just said to Jason, listen, we just need you to get fit and healthy. Yeah. And that's just where you're going to be playing. more beneficial to us. Yeah, okay. We need you to concentrate on getting your leg injuries right. So there might be no beef here, I reckon. I think he'd be disappointed that he's the captaincy has taken... Off him. Off him. And he said that he was surprised that it was taken off him. Um, but I think you learn a lot about someone's character then as well. Because while you're disappointed yeah. and you can have your say, 
you've got to get over it pretty quickly, and that's Team what you have to do. Yeah. And there's no, there's no drama with being disappointed either, mm. and and being upset if something but, like that has taken off you because it means it means something to you. But then the next step is you've got to overcome that, get over it, and say, you know what, I've got to accept that, and my new challenge now to help the team is to do X, Y, and Z. I tell you what, Loz, it's pretty courageous and ballsy of Todd Payton to do it, though. That just shows you what Todd's about up there. He's a no-nonsense coach. Mm. For you, for him to sack... Risky business, Bulldog, these days. These mm. days in sport, if you're not patting the players on the back, there's yeah, every chance you're going to get sacked. 100% right, Clarky. 100% you know, right. Which is, to sack I don't two agree of his senior that, blokes as captain, yeah. knowing it would affect them, and I it clearly I will, I don't think it'll five affect, weeks I don't out. think it'll affect Chad Townsend. I, I, but he'll be dirty, Clarky. I don't think so. I actually don't. I don't think Chad is that type of guy. I don't think. I think he he would have wanted the leadership. But I think when you see the two guys that have become the leaders, I think he'll respect that. I don't think Chad will be a concern. I don't mean dirty as in dummy spit dirty. I no. just mean dirty as in personal pride. Yeah. If Clarky, yeah, you yeah, were maybe. captain. If you well, were demoted well, as captain, no, you would have been dirty. Well, let's look at Ricky Pony. Well, Ricky stood down, but Ricky was still amazing around the group. He played, you know, he played a coach's role when he was no longer captain. That's why I fought hard to keep him in that team. So, I don't know. I think it depends on the personality. I think some people, 100%, that would be, you know, a scar right in the middle of your heart. But I, I don't know. I think, I think someone like Chad, Chad Townsend, I think, yeah, even if it takes him, you know, goes home disappointed, next day he's there for the team. I, I, I don't know if every player's like that. Would you have been dirty if you lost yeah. the captaincy? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I, was, I didn't have the ability to be captain, but I'm yeah. just saying yeah, I would no, have been filthy. No, no you wouldn't. Mm. Well, you do. You, mm. you, you, you get, it's like losing anything. It's like if you're being dropped, you, you get dirty. You know, but it's then how you handle that disappointment that shows your character. So the, and there's no doubt that most people, when something like that happens, they get upset with it. But you've got to be able to overcome it, recover, and move on pretty quickly. Because if they hold that against anyone, it, it just lingers. And then oh, man, you become a bit of a, a cancer within the group. Yeah. And you can't afford that. Yeah. You would have up- upended the table and stormed out, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I did. <laughs> just trying to think. No. I think it's no, hard. You would have rung me and said, yeah. back the coach, he sacked me. But <laughs> also, don't quote me. I also, do also don't me. think you can compare Laurie Daly to Chad Townsend <laughs> no, or Tom Alolo as but well. Yeah, of course, so. you, you get disappointed. But any setback, any disappointment. But one thing you learn is you've got to get over it pretty quickly. That's the point I'm making. There's only a month before we start the season, so mm. there's no time for sulking. No. They've got trials in no. two and a half yeah. weeks. And, and again, you know, this, this could be the... Not the turning point because he's had such a good career anyway with, with the Sharks, Chad Townsend or or Jason Taumalolo in particular. I, I think it might give him that extra impetus that he's looking for to get his body right and to have a barnstorming year. But I, I'm just hoping what's happened with his legs aren't long term and ongoing because we may never see him reach the levels he did a couple of years ago. Thank you, Dean. Thanks for having me. I will see you next week. Give us a call, 13.53.53. We're going to speak to Paul Snowden. Snowden Racing, of course, shortly. Lots of two-year-olds to talk about. A big few weeks for that stable uh, coming up, heading towards, of course, the slip of the Blue Diamond as well. They've got contenders there down south beforehand. 
Uh, Brad Davidson will get some midweek mail off him as well. And just after the 8 o'clock news, Lee Breers, Broncos assistant coach, is going to join us. He was a legend as a player there at Warrington and uh, moved across ahead of last season. So we'll catch up with what's going on there at Red Hill after their performance last year. Grand finalists, big expectations, as you'd expect, considering the strike that they have at that club heading into 2024. So that's still to come on the show this morning. Uh, Alan Border medals on tonight. Uh, I see Pup as well. Shamar Joseph, the well new pace sensation of the Windies. He's gone home. So that foot injury that he copped when Mitchell Stark toe, gave him yeah. the old sand shoe crusher mm. has prevented him from taking up a deal in the UAE T20 League. So, mm. But he's got this deal with the Pakistan Super League, and that's coming up. So go home, miss the end of the UAE T20 then to you know, be fit enough to take up his uh, PSL deal. But he's going to be in demand, although he made all those comments post his match-winning performance that he wants to always be available for the West Unreal. Indies test side, which was so, so yeah, great to hear. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the fact he got through, well, you know, it's a great story, isn't it? The fact he, he wasn't even going to rock up to the ground on the final day at one point. Mm. Uh, rocked up, got the painkiller. Seven for 68. Yep. On the match. Yep. It, um, it shows how much he wanted to be out there. And a number of players, oh, a stack of players do that. You, you get injured and you do whatever you can to get out in the park. West Indies needed him. Um, but he was quality. There's no doubt about it. He was brilliant in the first test. Um, and then just that, again, it shows that extra pace. If you can get the ball up around that 150K mark. It's a different game for the batters. And that's going to be his challenge now with the amount of cricket he's going to play for West Indies and all these other 2020 uh, franchise teams. He needs to be as he needs to be fit, strong and as fresh as he can be because he's, he's quite short as well. You know, if he's not if he's bowling 135, it's going to be a lot easier for the batters than if he's bowling 148, 150. And that was the key to his success at the Gabba. He did, well, just about all of his wickets. He, he did the blokes with extra speed, you know. Blokes just laid on the ball. Um, so, yeah, hopefully he gets himself fit and healthy and fixes that toe. Um, I think they scanned it straight away and said it wasn't broken, mm. didn't have a fracture. So, yeah, it's um, – but as I've said, sometimes you get hit in the right spot, the bruise can be more painful than, than the actual fracture. Um, but, yeah, he'll be, he'll be fresh, he'll be ready, and he's – He'll be full of confidence now after ripping the Aussies apart, that's for sure. Of course, the preservation of Test cricket is a constant topic at the moment. Mm. I saw a, a tweet on X, as it's called, over uh, our period off from Michael Vaughan, the former England captain, of course, been commentating here. His suggestion, a three-month dedicated window for Test cricket every year for both the men and women's te- teams is the only way to protect the greatest format. No other cricket but Tests around those three months, the other nine months Can't for all out. the leagues and ICC events, etc. But I don't how do you I, find nah. an agreement on those three months I think across we've seen, the different nations considering considering different seasons, ex- oh, you know, actually I, I, I weather seasons? I don't think that is the only way Test Cricket survived. I think we've seen how one-day cricket took off. I think we've seen how 2020 cricket surviving. It's money injected into that format. Test Cricket, if you can... You know, if you can guarantee a West Indies player, for example, great example, their 12-month contract, their highest paid player might be 
300,000 US dollars. Yet that player goes and plays in the IPL and gets 200, oh, gets 2 million US dollars to play in an eight-week tournament. You can understand why the player goes. So if we can't enhance contracts for every country around the world, if, if, if we can't do that because we're asking too much, then the least we can do is enhance test payments. So every player, no matter who you play with, no matter what country it is, make the match payment $30,000 per test match. Or I think, I'm guessing, it might be fifteen or $17,000 now per test match the Australian players get. But a West Indies player wouldn't get $17,000 per test match. He might get three or five. Make that consistent across the board yep. and increase it to an extent that every player wants to play test cricket. And I hate that it has to be about the money, but we're seeing it in every sport. We're seeing it in 2020 cricket. Players want to play in the IPL because of how much you're getting paid. Golf, live golf. That's exactly right. So find a way to increase the money in test cricket and keep it the pinnacle of our sport. Because we're about to see again what we saw with the West Indies coming here as South Africa goes to New Zealand now with a weakened side. It's not their full strength team. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, and Steve, Steve War over when that squad was announced, that yeah. South African squad, I saw his post on Instagram. Uh, is this a defining moment in the death of test cricket? after that squad from South Africa was announced. Surely the ICC, along with the cricket boards of India, England and Australia, must step in to protect the purest form of the game. A premium equal match fee for all Test players might be a good starting point. History and tradition that count for something, must count for something. If we stand by and allow profits to be the defining criteria, the legacy of Bradman, Grace and Sobers will be irrelevant says Steve. Yeah, and I think in what Tug is saying there is the fact that every um, every country is in a different situation. So South Australian Cricket Board is in a different situation to BCCI, to India, or Cricket Australia, financially. So I can understand what South African Cricket are thinking. They need to prioritise their, their local 2020 tournament because that's their baby, that's their money. So they want their best players to play. Well, I'm with Tugger in, in saying... Test cricket has to come first. So I want every player to prioritise playing test cricket for their country and then feel free to go and play in these domestic tournaments, not the other way around. But the only way that's possible, unfortunately, with where the game is around the world, we need the big three, as Steve Ward just said, Australia, England and India to play a part and the ICC need to obviously play a part. We've just got to find the money to make this, you know, the amount of money I think... Uh, more profitable in regards to playing test cricket, but then even across the board. So every country wants to play test cricket just as much as me sitting here saying how much I, I love playing test cricket. Uh, on the text line, hey, fellas, I heard yesterday the Australian test players get more money in match payments over a season than what the West Indies get in their actual test contracts. Yeah, Crazy, says Mitch. Well, remember, Chris? I think Chris Gale was really the first yeah. that chose... Uh, domestic 2020 cricket over playing for the West Indies. And he copped so much criticism. And I remember talking to Gailey about it, and the facts were exactly that. His contract was 200000 US. He was West Indies' best player at the time. I think he might have captained at the time. He was on 200000 US for a 12-month contract. And the IPL, he got $1.5 million for a six-week tournament. He's married, he's got a kid. What was he meant to, like? That's a significant yeah. difference. That was just for one tournament that was six weeks at that time. He could go and then come play BBL, go play Pakistan. Like, 
you couldn't blame him. And it was it's very easy for us to judge him because we're sitting with a, a million or $2 million contract. So it's not fair for us to compare. And, and I think that's the thing that a lot of cricket fans don't understand and realise. You know, the, the money for Australian players, England players um, and Indian players in regards to contracts and then add all your games on top, add your marketing contract on top, even add endorsements, is a lot bigger than these other countries. Uh, just on a separate note, but cricket-related, I spotted the Lord Mayor of Queanbeyan, Loz, in the ladies' stand, enjoying a few shandies. He really does have an aura about him as he nurses his beer, surveying the crowd. Part of the furniture in the SCG members. Day one wouldn't be the same without Dirty old him, man. says Matt from Campsie. <laughs> no, what go, do you do with that beer? We go there every year at the back. We just stand... Oh. Watch and deliver. The form your neighbour was in. Oh, Some no people doubt. adjacent didn't quite know how to take him. <laughs> oh, I think a lot of people, when they meet him the first time, don't know how to take him. They go, is this guy for real? Is he serious? He's serious. Or He's oh. got a different sense of humour to a lot of other people. Very and he doesn't mind giving his opinion. <laughs> no. no. And his opinion is usually... Or observations. Well, and his, his opinion... And, and I'm sure he just makes the opinion to go against the grain. Like, if, if there's three or four people agreeing with something, he just goes the other way. He just starts drama. Love it. He loves the drama. Well, we've got a huge few weeks, uh, particularly in two-year-old racing, of course, heading towards the Slipper. And we've got the Widden and Cannonbury this week as well. And it's great to have, uh, well, one half of a stable renown for their training of two-year-olds. Paul Snowden is joining us. Paul, a very good morning, mate. How are you? Mino, how are you? Really well, thanks, and appreciate your time as always. You've got a huge Saturday ahead for your two-year-olds. Uh, firstly, I guess the Snitzel Colt Menos is set to step out. How satisfied were you, Paul, with his most recent trial? Yeah, well, pretty satisfied with him. He's just probably not going to go around this week, that's all, okay. but um, we'll save him for another day. But uh, you're right, he's a, he's a progressive type that's certainly shown a fair bit on up the trial stage and I suppose the most important now is just getting ready uh, to sort of produce that on race day. Mm. What about Saturday down there in the Blue Diamond preview, Paul? High octane at home's a court running first and second. You must have been pretty happy. Very happy. Uh, Lozzie, the winner, he's, he's only had one soft trial going into that, so we sort of, you know, had a fair idea sort of how much improvement you come out of it. Uh, Holmes a court, he's a, he's a lovely horse as well, but he just had a, a little bit more fitness under his belt, but just to see a high octane do what he did um, certainly, uh, you know, makes a you know a nice improvement off the back of that leading into the prelude in um, another you know week's time. Early in the season, we saw Fearless run fourth in the Breeders' Plate. Was only beaten a length. How's he come on since? Really nice. Um, we sort of changed probably the, the complexion of, of the way how he'll handle himself on race day pretty much go back to his latest trial where he just settled back and was ridden with a touch conservative but uh, found the line very, very well. So, um, you know, he'll be ridden accordingly on the weekend and look to him to be, you know, warming up late and hitting the line very strongly. I see you've got counter-offensive in for Caulfield or non for Caulfield as well on Saturday. King of Rousseau uh, also has race experience as well too to watch. Yeah, King Russo, he, he was good, solid to the line off the back of his last start effort. He's a horse that's very tough and continues to do well in the yard. He'll be accepting on the weekend, counter-offensive, as you said. We're accepting both states, um, just lay up where we where we think he's better placed. 
but off the back of that last trial, he ran very slick time. Last last sort of 600 was very fast, and he's a horse that probably didn't get to see the best of him in his original debut run, but um, certainly come back a much stronger, more mentally prepared horse. With the Phillies, La Roja, I see his nom for Canterbury on Friday, as well as the Widden. Uh, wave breaker, how forward are, the, are these two Phillies? Yeah, two nice Phillies. Um, I dare say La Roja is probably just going to have one run and possibly go out the paddock. So she's a horse that we really think a lot of. Um, just quite not ready yet to progress on to have a good, solid two-year-old campaign under her belt. But wherever she does step out, she will make a presence felt. Um, but I just think just looking after her and uh, just taking her one step at a time will definitely see you know, a better result that way. Uh, wave breaker, she'll definitely be accepting on the weekend in the Widen. Um, very nice filly, got a good bit of attitude about her, but a good, definitely a lot of ability to go with it. So um, I think she's uh, she's a very strong chance there on the weekend. And in the first today at the Kenzo, I see you've got a couple of Colts running around in the two-year-old race early. Yeah, both nice horses. They're, they're sort of horses that are, are definitely going to appreciate extended trip at 12.50 there today. Um, whatever they do, they will improve on, but I think they're well-placed. It doesn't seem to be a massive aggressive tempo on paper, even though they're, they're the first start. They can just sort of lay up off good draws, both of them boys, and hopefully be strong late. Um, they've got a good future, and hopefully they can run well today. you just got to knock off Matt Damon, though. <laughs> uh, surely yeah. crucial. Yeah. You know, well, it's for the party, but you know what? <laughs> it is what it is. You've got to do your best to get it. Tell us, Paul, what, what goes into a decision as to whether to take, I guess, the Melbourne path or the Sydney path when it comes to these two-year-olds? At what point do you sort of map this out and, and sort of make a decision as to why a horse should go that way as opposed to the other? Well, obviously, you're, you're guided on sort of you know what you're seeing at home and, and things like that as far as ability aspect goes, but... All our two-year-olds, they have their pretty much their second or third preparation down in our Victorian stable, so it's not a, as if it's a foreign thing to them. Um, they, they'll go down there, and that's, for that reason, they go down there, they slot into the system, they know the environment. It just makes an easier transition. Um, knowing this horse and what he can cope with, as far as we're talking about counter-offensive on the weekend, he's already had uh, initial racing preparation, so it's not as if he's going down there. He doesn't know what to expect. Um, he, he's got some good racing mannerisms around him to, to probably, you know, 80% chance he'll do it, most things right. Um, and that won't be an excuse of how he how he runs um, on the weekend if we do decide to go. So, yeah, there's a fair bit that goes into it, but there's a there's a fair bit of background that's been put into them to get to this this far in, in their in their sort of when we do produce them on race day. No name on this text message, so I'm assuming this might be an owner. Paul, uh, hey boys, can you please ask Paul about? Is it Densetsu? Densetsu, yeah, she raced, he raced a little bit upside down at Kemba first up. He was a little bit aggressive and just get everything upside down. So you go back to it was at twelve hundred metres, I think, from memory. So you'll drop back to eleven hundred where it's a little bit more tempo. Get back to his normal racing style. We can just relax and finish off late. Give us another horse in the stable, Paul, to keep an eye on this autumn. Um. Good question. I've got a lot, lot of young horses coming through, pretty much unexposed three-year-olds here, the truth that okay. sort of takes some natural progression. Um, I love the filly. She's a two-year-old. She's a half to Russian conquest in Sakima. I think she's um, she's very smart. So maybe she's probably one that, that could sort of um, you know, blend in late in the two-year-old season and, and maybe you know, 
carry on with up into Brisbane, she might be uh, one of those fillies. Okay. You mentioned your Colts today in the first, so even flow and zealousy. You've got, uh, is it Zadaki in race four as well? What, what's your best chance, do you think, there today? Oh, Zadaki's, uh, he's, a, he's been unlucky and probably frustrating on a few times for, uh, for punters. He's gone out uh, with that favouritism tag a couple of times, but um, hopefully we can get the job done with him today. He was just a little, they got up around him very quickly the other day and he just got caught him off the guard, but he was still strong for the line and so hopefully he might be able to take up a forward spot and control things and hopefully, uh, you know, today's his day. Hope it's a good few weeks for you, Paul. Appreciate it. See mate. Thank you. Brad Davidson coming up shortly. I just want to give, uh, uh, read this text out because Rusty gave us a bit of a heads up yesterday there at Benalla. Uh, he had a horse running there, Primal Spirit. 1200 at Benalla, and he says it was 10th on the 800, 10th uh, at the 800, 10th at the 400, came off heels behind eight horses at the 175, flew down the outside to win by a whisker. Shades of Thunderstruck. Uh, that's right, I think it's a half to one Thunderstruck. Take a look at the video and photo if you can. Odds came in from 13 to 270, favourite at the jump. So happy it came through. A great day for everyone involved. Thanks for the on air well wishes. Good on you, Rusty. Well done. Uh, and Brad Davidson, morning to you, mate. Uh, you noted this horse, Primal Spirit, yesterday as well. Yeah, morning, guys. Yeah, look, he was terrific, wasn't he? Um, stormed home to get the job done in one of the, the closest photo finishes you'll see. So just got the verdict, heavily backed. Um, I think it's one of those horses with a stack of owners in it. So a lot of happy people on social media and whatnot yesterday, which is terrific. And, yeah, nice little story with... I'm Thunderstruck's half-brother there, winning on debut Benella. So it looks like a horse with plenty of talent and should rise through the grades pretty quickly. We've got, uh, well, the Widden on Saturday. I'm sure Learning to Fly actually won it last year. And she, of course, had that, uh, well, she fell, didn't she? So how's she travelling, Learning to Fly? Yeah, really well. We haven't seen her since that Golden Slipper. Uh, she's been given time to, to get over that injury and, Look, her two trials have been terrific this time in, so she looks to be humming and looks to be back on track, which is great to see. So looking forward to seeing her step out at the races soon. But she had another trial there yesterday, which she won nicely at Warwick Farm. So all systems uh, go and heading in the right direction for the the filly there. Do you like anything today at the Kenzo? Yeah, uh, Loz, I've gone with uh, Miss Shannery as the the best of the day there around the $3 mark in race number two. Look, tricky program. I just thought... uh, she ran really well on day, debut when wide no cover, um, beat home the, the favourite of the race um, on that occasion as well, today's favourite. So, look, I just thought she should be favourite today, drawn a little bit outside uh, the favourite, but I thought um, would get a decent enough run. And she's only had the one run where the favourites had two and I just thought might have a bit more improvement left in store. So happy to go that way with Miss Shinnery today at... Uh, Yes, the as the as the midweek tip. Okay, so that's on the Kenzo today for our listeners. Race two at Randwick Kensington, number six, Miss Chenery, currently three dollars with Tab to win that race today. Mate, have a good day. We will chat on Friday. Sounds good, guys. Talk then. Brad, Brad Davidson there, and still to come on the show this morning, going to talk some Raiders. Uh, sorry, Broncos. We, spoke, we talked about the Raiders yesterday, yesterday. with Mick Crawley. We can talk Broncos. Raiders again, though. Uh, Laws will be happy to. Lee Breers coming up after the news. Uh, I, was, I was saying yesterday about, I think, three big storylines coming up this year. Uh, one of those being 
well, Wade Bennett, where he's going to end up, the Benji progress at the Tigers, and also James Tedesco. I just noticed some comments James Tedesco made to News Corp over the weekend. He conceded he felt the weight was on his shoulders last season. His confidence was knocked at times. But he also says he didn't believe he was playing that badly. But he's going to be so scrutinised more than ever heading into Origin 1. Yeah, Whether, I, whether I, he I deserves ask, to be or not. I was not. going to ask you, you're, you're not talking club land. You're talking no, no, Origin is, oh, yeah, international no. footy. Yeah. Well, Only think, because I, of all those players snapping at his heels now. Well, the other thing is, though, every year we do this, we have these conversations now, and then we've seen, like, who's going to play fullback? Not in, international, I think, is a different story. I think there's, you know, there's a couple of players in Walsh and Ponga that, yeah, there's no doubt that conversation's coming. But for New South Wales, every time we do this, one of the contenders, or two of the contenders, gets injured. Well, Like, Turbo gets injured. Uh Latrell's been Latrell, injured. Turbo, like, Latrell, Dylan Edwards is the other one we'll be watching, especially after he got picked for Australia last year. Mate. On the wing, albeit. I just think it's one of those things. You never write off a champion. Yeah, he wasn't at his best last year, but Matt, he, he's earned the respect. You know what? Let him start the season and see how he goes. Maybe a preseason would have done him the world of good mm. as well. Getting his body... Back to being a hundred percent before he walks out onto that field. You, you, that's the other thing. We don't know if he was carrying an injury or, as he mentioned, he, that that mental weight is so heavy. So mm. maybe this preseason he's freed himself up. We're talking like finished fi- the season really well too. And I feel like we're talking about someone who's thirty five years of age. He's not. Mm. He's still got so much footy left in him. I think Los Madge is bringing a wider squad together this weekend. Yeah, isn't sad day. Sad day. Uh, That'll be his first time standing in front of potential Blues players, I suppose, in his new capacity as coach. Yeah, and I I think he's obviously, well, I know, he's looking forward to it, uh, getting a group of guys together and going through sort of what the expectations are and what he's looking for from the playing group uh, this year. And then they've got a dinner on uh, that night. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the squad actually looks like, um, you know, in a couple of months' time. Uh, he's got no preconceived ideas. He will judge it on form. He'll judge it on who he thinks will best represent New South Wales. Could be some changes or he might just stick with the tried and true. But coming in with no baggage is a lot easier to make change. I think it's harder when you have a relationships with players. So I think everyone will be on notice that they're going to be, have to be playing good club football.